there's some dangerous large uh, carnivore out there. Yeah, I saw that bird get the young deer off the road and went far away. And uh, it was just about getting dark, and we started panicking, running down the bridge, not really having any clue of throwing rocks in our vicinity, good-sized rocks. And uh, I stopped long enough to get a 357 out of my backpack and look back, and that's when I thought I saw one.
talking to our guests. And uh, um, Gunnar, do you have any other thoughts? No, I mean I'm I'm good to go. I this is one of my favorite things is is uh, talking to folks that have that have had that uh, confirmation in, encounter. And like you said, it's it's always cool when it's really recent because uh, yeah. And I know that, that this gentleman has been on one other show, but I think he's had stuff happen since that time. So, like you said, it's on, it's uh, recent and ongoing. So let's get him on. Yeah, let's let's get on. So the, uh, this gentleman's name is Mark, and that's all we're going to call him. Uh, it's just Mark this evening, and um, I'm going to bring Mark on now. Mark, how are you doing? And thank you for joining us. Oh, thank yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, I'm doing doing well. Hey, Mark, this is Gunnar. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, well, um, you know, Mark, um, I uh, had the uh, real pleasure of speaking with you uh, a couple weeks ago, and and um, I, I, I listened to um, your encounter on this, the, the other podcast, which was, uh, you know, fantastic. And, and I talked to, uh, you know, some of those that have been working with you and I mean, you've been collaborating with, and this this whole what everything that has happened to you um, is extraordinary. Um, there there are other encounters out there like this, but uh, this one is ongoing and it's recent. But having said that, Mark, do you mind just giving our audience a little bit um, a little bit of a background on where this took place, what you were doing there, and maybe a little background on yourself, if you don't mind. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm retired military. Uh, I spent uh, 15 and a half years in the Navy. I was injured uh, in the war on terror, and uh, I was medically retired. And uh, so now I I work, uh, you know, full time job. And I, I grew up in um, I live in Northwest Washington. I, I grew up in Southern California, uh, kind of in an upscale neighborhood in Orange County. Uh, grew up on the beaches, you know, an athlete never, our, our vacations consisted of, uh, you know, going to, our parents going to Vegas and us sitting in a hotel or maybe doing some local fishing, but it never, never, never spent any time out in the wilderness or anything. And um, I had retired here in Washington because it was my last duty station and uh, kids were in high school. And so um, my coworker and best friend uh, who I work with, uh, uh, grew up in Oregon. He grew up uh, in the in the, in the out kind of in an isolated area in the woods, and his his family relied heavily on uh, deer and elk meat for their freezer, you know. And uh, so he was a hunter and spent his entire life in the wilderness. And he wanted to go last uh, September. He said he he wanted to go scout out hunting areas, and he wanted to take me hunting. And it wasn't quite hunting season yet, so we decided on Labor Day weekend we were going to uh, in September last year we were going to uh, go out to an area out here um, that's pretty isolated. There's just some logging roads and some kind of uh, isolated campgrounds and uh, that aren't frequented. There's there's really not a lot of traffic back there. And so we were going to overnight. We uh, set out on, on Sunday morning and got out there, and we would drive way back into these logging roads, miles and miles back, and um, park the truck, and we'd walk and look for game trails and f- trying to find deer and elk tracks to maybe where we could uh, – you know, come back in, in hunting season and and, uh, and have some luck. So, at one point in the afternoon, it must have been just after two thirty, we parked the truck kind of in this uh, a dead end uh, 
one of the roads had dead ended, and uh, you could see uh, back there there's some areas where they had done some logging. And if you actually go, if I, I actually went back and looked on Google Earth, you, you know you can see where they had maybe. 10, 20 years ago, had done some logging and then replanted, and now the stuff's growing back. You can see patches, you know. So um, there was an area uh, in this kind of cul-de-sac turnaround uh, off to the left where there's uh, these boulders that are three feet in diameter, and they're purposely buried in the ground. Uh, I don't know by who, maybe the Forest Service or the logging company or something, and, and, the, and they block access to another, looks like a an old access road to a skid road, logging skid road or something, and, and they don't want you driving down that anymore. And it's starting to get overgrown a little bit. You, you, you can walk down it and you can look down it, but there's plants, you know, two or three feet high starting to come up in the road. And so my buddy is sitting on one of the boulders with his back to the road facing the truck, and I'm standing up uh, uh, looking down the road with my back to the truck. And, and you know, Bigfoot was the last thing on my mind uh, and didn't really uh, believe it. I knew about the subject, you know, I think as a kid, everybody saw that Leonard Nimoy in search of, and you've seen the Patterson film and, you know, and, you know, that that's about my whole experience with it, other than watching some documentaries that were kind of entertaining on, on cable and stuff. And so well, we've been there about 10 minutes. And if you, if you stand and look down this, this skid road or this block road, gradually at a, a very slight slope goes down at about 30 yards it banks to the left and it's lined with trees and brush and right where it banks to the left off to the right there's a a big thicket of brush and there's trees you know up up high above behind it and about eight feet up there's an opening in this brush maybe three and a half feet wide or four feet wide and about two and a half feet tall and it's like a window looking into the woods and on either side you can see a tree trunk and so your eye when you look down there is kind of naturally drawn to this opening so we've been there about 10 minutes and i kept looking down there and he's you know we're eating and he's, we're talking to each other and about the fourth or fifth time i look down there the tree trunk on the right looks kind of different uh there's something um looks like it's crawling up the side of it and i thought oh that's kind of odd you know uh we hadn't seen a raccoon or anything all day. I thought maybe that was a raccoon or something. I'm standing there looking at it, trying to figure out what it was, and I, it's slightly moving, and then it moves out further, and I'm standing there looking at it, and it's a face, and it's staring at me. And I hadn't said anything to my friend, and I, I'm, I'm just looking back at it like I can see two eyes, I can see a nose, I can see hair, I can see a mouth, I can see, you know, see shoulders, and I'm like, man, what what is that? And after about 30 seconds, it, it ducked back behind the tree. And then about 15 or 20 seconds later, it reappeared. But what, what it had done, it had, uh, had moved closer towards me right to the opening. And I see this hair slowly rise and the top of this head slowly rise up. And when it comes up, it's in the opening and its body, its upper body from just below the shoulders. And I couldn't see the outer end of its shoulders. That's how big it was. It, you know, I, all I could see was where its head came down and it somewhat of a neck, but it looked like it had shoulder pads on. And I saw it from just below the shoulders up. And my first thought when I saw it was, it looks old. It just looks really, really old. And I'm, you know, I had said anything to my friend and I'm standing there staring at it. And what I found really odd is, 
had silver hair on its head and, and the head didn't roll back, you know, like a human head. It came up and slanted upward and back and the hairline wasn't down on the forehead. It was way on the back of the head, like a, like a bald, you know, man. And then the forehead and the skin was like this, uh, brown beat up brown, like old baseball glove. Like it was just really beat up and this, the wrinkle, the head forehead had a head, head, really heavy wrinkle in it. It had this thick brow, no really hair on the face. Um, his nose, its, its eyes were black, pitch black. I remember that because I remember thinking later it, like, not only looked at me, it, like, looked through me. And then its nose was human-like. It was kind of flat and white on the face, but it wasn't like a, an ape nose where it tilts up and you can see into the nostrils. It, 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 was, it, was, it was human-like. And then what was really odd is the distance between the bottom of the nose to the top of the lip was much further than a human. It was it was much further distance. You know, humans like one finger. This is like over two fingers distance. And the lips were real thin and white on the face. And the chin was flat and the hair was silver on the head and it was real greasy looking. And then when it hit its shoulders, it, uh, it, it looked like salt and pepperish, maybe black or dark brown, but it was real greasy. It was hard to distinguish that. So I'm standing there trying to absorb this into my mind and I'm in shock like, I remember thinking to myself, is this really happening? I mean, I mean, I, did I, I didn't come out here. I didn't expect this. I mean, this is, I, I hear people have these encounters and it, it's usually unexpected. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I mean, I, I'm in shock. So it's staring at me and I probably, I don't know, maybe 40, 45 seconds goes by. This thing gives me like this, it, it, it's eyes, it's eyes kind of squint and its brow comes down. It gives me like this frown, like it's angry didn't show me its teeth or anything. And then I said, hey, Doug, what is that? And he stood up and turned around, and I pointed at it, and it, it, it took off. So I immediately thought, oh, my God, it's going to come after us. So I turned, and I ran to the truck about 50 feet away, and I had a handgun, a 44 mag, and my backpack that was unloaded. But I had a rifle laying on the back seat and on the floor of the, of the, of the back seat of the truck, and I, I grabbed the magazine threw it in there, and I came over, and I put the safety off, and... He goes, what was it? And I, and I said, it was a Sasquatch. And he's like, oh, come on, man. Really? And I'm, I'm trembling. You know, he can see it. I'm, I'm said, I said, dude, I, I know what I saw. I'm, I'm freaking out. And he, and he goes, man, we, we need to go down there and, and check it out. And I said, you, you, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can do it. And he, so he talked me into it. And uh, so I'm, we're walking down this skid road, and, I, and I'm thinking – man, we're, we're done for, you know, I mean, I don't know if, you know, I've got an AR-15 and, and I don't, you know, an AR-15, I don't, you know, it's a two two three. I don't, I don't think, uh, and I only brought it for self-defense purposes anyways, not thinking I was going to run into a Sasquatch or anything, but, uh, so we get down to where the brush is and I, I'm like pushed through with my rifle and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, this thing is just going to grab me and, and we're done for. So we, we pushed through it and, and it wasn't there. There was, the floor, the floor of the forest is heavily shaded, so when you walk in it, there's, it's moss. You're, like, stepping it in sink, like, you know, three or four inches, you know. There's these massive impressions in the moss where it was standing, and I'm looking at my buddy, and I'm just like, this is just, this is just unbelievable, you know. And, we, and when I look up to the opening, and the, and the bottom of the opening is, like, you know, eight feet. The top of the opening is, you know, over ten feet, and it's, you know, three and a half feet wide, you know, almost four feet wide, and this thing filled the entire opening. And I'm like, I'm like thinking to myself, this thing was huge. This thing had to be, you know, 
800, you know, 1,000 pounds plus maybe, you know. So there's these wide steps that go around this tree, and we follow them around the tree, and uh, it's a, it's pretty wide, you know, the circumference of the tree, if you're measured in, you know, diameter, is probably, you know, three and a half feet across, so it could easily probably hide behind there. I'm thinking, man, this thing might be behind the tree, and we step around the tree, and there's this big pile of picked mushrooms and a, what I thought was really odd, it was like a maple leaf, kind of like a plate, and there's a big handful of snails in the middle. Like somebody grabbed a handful and placed them right in the middle of the maple leaf, kind of like a plate, you know. And I said to my buddy, I said, man, this thing was getting ready to eat. And uh, we just, you know, disturbed it, and it's pissed off at us, you know. So my buddy's like, man, this is wild. He goes, look at the impressions. They kind of go off into the, into the woods, you know, dodging through the trees and and. And I see, he goes, I was following. I said, no, you're crazy, man. I'm not doing that. I said, I, I've seen enough. So I stepped back out onto um, the skid road, which that in itself was pretty frightening because now we're about 50, 60 feet, feet apart. And I'm, I'm a, I have the firearm, but yet I'm alone, you know. I mean, I, now I'm like freaked out, you know. It's like, and he's wa- following the tracks and I'm paralleling him. And sometimes because of the where the forest is and trees and brush, sometimes I can't see them. I'm saying, Doug, you know, hey, talk to me, make sure you're okay, make sure you're okay. And we walk about 100 feet, and off to my left in the in the trees, I hear all this crashing and, and breaking of branches. And I'm just like, at that point, I'm, I'm freaked out. And uh, I hear the same thing where he's at, and he comes, you know, running out. And he goes, uh, there's something in here over here, do, you know, pissed off. And I said, yeah, I'm hearing the same thing over here. And I and I and I, and I go, let's let's get out of here. So we walk out of there, and 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 I'm walking out backwards, you know, <laughs> looking behind me with the rifle. And I'm thinking, if they come at me, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna let them have it. But uh, uh, you know, they they never did. So you know, we we put our stuff in the truck and, and got out of there. And uh, yeah, you know, it was. It was really odd, you know. The first thing I said to him was, uh, "Hey, you still want to overnight out here?" <laughs> and he said, "He said no, hell no." And I and, and I said, uh, "You know, we need, you know I realized, oh, I got a camera in my backpack and we got cell phones. We need to go back, you know." And my buddy's like, "No, no, no, we're not we're not ready for this, you know. We're, we're going to have to come back, you know. Maybe next week we're going to have to figure something out. We're not prepared, you know." And so. Um, I, I, we, I, you know, we, we were going to overnight, and obviously we went home. And I, I came home, and I, and I told my wife, and she was kind of in disbelief. And uh, so, you know, that night I really had a hard time sleeping. And the, the next few days, and I kind of moping around the house, just you know, running the the whole thing through my mind. And my wife was just like, you know, do you want to go talk to like, you know, therapist or something? I said, no, I'm just a little freaked out. You know, I'm just in shock. You know, about the whole the whole thing. Yeah. Mark, uh, first and foremost, uh, thank you for your service. I just wanted to say that because uh, obviously you were injured uh, and it's changed your life. So thank you for your service. Oh yeah, no problem. No problem. But, uh, having said yeah. that, you know the uh, uh, can you describe a little bit about the area that you were in a little bit more? Um, were you in? I mean, obviously you had some logging roads there. Uh, was this an active logging area? And what were the? You know, were, was there old growth? Were there any streams nearby? I mean, what kind of terrain are we yeah. looking at? Yeah, this is uh, a valley where there's a, a main river, and then there's uh, creeks and streams. And, and, and there is, when you first turn off, I wouldn't say the main highway, but a main, like, country road 
there's an area off to the right that has been logged maybe in the last five years. But if you look, I went back and looked on Google Earth, you can see maybe where, you know, 10, 20 years ago, there's patches of forest that, you know, that they patched, but then they replanted. But there is areas of huge old growth where the trees are, you know, three and four feet in diameter, you know, in diameter, you know. So uh, there, right next to where I was standing, there there is a, a creek. I don't want to say the name, but it is. At that time, it was late in the summer, so it wasn't really raging. And we went back in the winter, and this creek, uh, I've seen in one area, you know, this one spot, I've seen it as deep as, you know, four feet, you know, probably four feet deep. It's pretty clean water. You can see the bottom, you know. But, uh, yeah, there's, uh, it looks like there's a pretty good wildlife population. We've seen quite a few deer out there. Um yeah, but the, uh, the what's really odd about this area that we're we're working is, it's really one of the only kind of semi-flat with gradual sloping hill areas. Most of the, the valley is these super, the, the, the you know the, the the mountains just go vertically straight up. You know, I mean it'd be really difficult, maybe not for a bigfoot, but I know for a human could there's no way they could walk up them. You know, I mean it's just right. there's no way. You know, so it's not very heavily traveled at all. But I mean we've seen maybe at the most four or five cars in the last, you know, eight months out there, you know. Yeah, that, that's next to nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, not a not a heavily uh, populated or traveled through area. And that, and I think that may be a key to to this whole thing. But, you know, so you guys are out there. It sounds like there's a lot of wildlife, uh, a lot of food sources, uh, water. Um, it's not got a whole lot of people out there. You know, when you first... When you, you first saw something of interest, uh, something move, how far away were you um, from from this um, object or entity? Maybe, pro- probably probably 40 yards at that point. 40 yards. Um, yeah, four, 40 yards. And, uh, you know, you're talking 100, 120 probably feet. And uh, so, I mean, I, I really got a good look at it, especially not when I leaned out the tree. I didn't get a really great look at it because it was kind of shaded a little bit. But when it stepped kind of out in the opening uh, to to where that window was, and it was a little closer to me, maybe about 10 or 12 feet closer, um, and we stared at each other, uh, I got a really good look at it. And I really burned the image in my mind of what I was looking at. And I remember, you know, think, you know, I, I remember that guy getting home thinking back when it was looking at me, it was a, almost felt like it wasn't like looking at me. It was like looking into me, you know, it was just really odd feeling. And, uh, it was pretty terrifying, man. I mean, you know, seeing this thing where it had been standing and how tall it had to be to to, 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 to clear it to, for its head to be in the top of the opening, this thing was probably, you know, at least 10, you know, almost 10 feet tall. And, and, and I've talked to some people who have a lot of experience and they said, I probably saw a really old dominant granddaddy, you know, Mm-hmm. Squatch, you know, the silver hair, the head, hair, head on the hair was completely silver, and, and and you know when it hit the shoulders, it was maybe black or dark brown, and it was hard to tell because if something is the brown with greasy, it might appear you know darker, like black, and didn't smell anything, mm-hmm. um, you know, didn't uh, didn't uh, show me its teeth, it didn't growl at us or anything. Um, it just yeah. didn't seem happy we were there. You know, was, there you know there had to be two of them because uh, bringing down there the breaking to the in the forest off the left and then it off to the right. Um, there there had to be more than one. You know. Now you're viewing this thing, um, and you guys are pretty sure you found where it was possibly standing, correct? Right. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. So, massive what was behind? What, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I got these impressions. What was behind this thing? And, and you got an idea of where it came from and where it went? I know you talked to, I think, about left to right. But, I mean, what was, you know, did it come up a hill? Was it on a hill? Did it go down a hill? No, no. It, it, the, 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 uh, the the road we were standing at it kind of gradually went down just a very gradual slope bank to the left and then it kind of flattens out and then the river the stream there's a stream about well where I'm standing about 70 feet but at that point it kind of uh, the stream kind of makes a turn so at that point we're probably 120 feet from the stream where it was standing but there's a river about 300 yards a, a major river about 300 yards behind where it was and so when it its impressions walked off, it walked into thicker, you know, thicker woods, but it was it was flat, you know, mm. the forest floor was mm-hmm. flat there. But but you know, it's hard to walk in there because you get all these tree limbs that fall or or old old small trees, and then moss grows over them, and you try and step through that stuff, and the stuff is rotted. You know, it, it's it's like you know trying to walk on a, on a giant sponge. You're constantly tripping and falling. There's no way you could hardly even run through it. You know. But this thing looked like it moved through it like, you know, like no problem, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, the uh, Now, your buddy, I mean, you're, you're watching this thing, and you're trying to figure out exactly what it was. Right. What was your buddy, what was your buddy doing at that time, and what was going through your head? When did you, you when did you come to the possible conclusion that you're looking at a Sasquatch? Uh, as soon as it came up, and I saw its whole... Uh, uh, from its uh, uh, shoulder shoulders up, uh, I, I knew right then and there what I was looking at. There's no way it could have been a human, uh, just by the look of it. The, the the nose was flat on the face. The eyes were pitch black. The the thick brow, the the odd looking forehead. You know, it didn't roll back like a human. It came and slanted back like kind of like a cone or something. The point maybe, and uh, just the mass of it. There's just no way that was a human. I mean, that would dwarf any NFL, you know, in alignment, you know. Um, so my buddy was just sitting there on the rock, you know, we were eating and talking and he was just looking down at the ground. We were talking about what our plan of action was for the rest of the day and the evening. And when he was talking, I just completely, you know, focused him out and, you know, uh, and focused on what was going on, what was, what was down there. And then, you know, when it gave me the, the kind of angry look is when I said to him, you know, Doug, you know, look at that. What is that? You know, and I pointed at it. And as soon as it, he turned around and he he stood up and turned around, it, it I don't know if it, it obviously knew there was two of us, but as soon as he looked, looked, it, it just bolted, you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I got a really good look at it. And uh, I burned the image of my mind. I can see the image in my mind right now. And so... um you know, that was on a Sunday, and uh, so I, I went home, and like I said, I kind of moped around, you know, just just kind of like, want, you know, moped around the house. And then on Wednesday, I picked up the phone, and the first thing I did is I called uh, I called uh, Washington, uh, uh, the U.S. Forest Service responsible for that area. And uh, I called the ranger station, and uh, the guy picks up the phone, and I said, uh, I'm trying to bring up the subject. You know, I tell him where I'm at. Where, where this happened, you know, I said, hey, I was out in this area, you know, is this your area of responsibility? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, that's our area, and I, and I, and I get into this, well, you know, I, I saw something out, you know, I get into this story, it's hard to subject to bring up, you know, I mean, how do you tell somebody, you know, you saw a Bigfoot, you know, and so the guy was like, guy's like, 
guy's like kind of giggling, you know, on the phone, and he's like, yeah, yeah, we get those stories sometimes, you know. <laughs> I've been here a long time, you know. It's not like he's getting ready to retire, you know. I was like, I've been here a long time, and uh, I've never seen anything. He goes, I've been out where you're at numerous times. I've never seen nothing, you know. <laughs> you know, And he's just like, yeah. yeah, have a nice day. Like, hangs up on me, you know. And so uh, I'm like, whatever, you know. So I thought, well, who am I going to call, you know. I, I thought, well, I'll call Washington Fishing Game. And so I called uh, the regional headquarters around, around the area, and uh, the receptionist answered the phone. And here, I, you know, now I got to bring up the subject again to somebody. You know, it's a hard subject to bring up. So I said, "Hey, I was out in this area." Uh, I explained to her, and she goes, "Yeah, we have uh, uh, officers that go out there from time to time." And she goes, uh, "What what happened?" And I said, "I get into the story," and she she's like, "Well." She goes, we really don't investigate that stuff, but she goes, from time to time, we get these phone calls. People call up with the same kind of thing, not not in your area, but the area we're responsible for. You know, pe- people call up and tell, you know, tell us these stories, but she goes, uh, we have a retired fishing game wildlife veterinarian whose hobby is now Sasquatch, and he's had several encounters and seen them. Can I give him your number? And I said, yeah, I, I, would, I would like that. So he called me the next day, and we had a long conversation and, and uh, I explained to him where it was and what had happened. And he goes, he goes, I've been out in the same area. He goes, I, I've set up game cameras out there. He goes, I know the area really well. He goes, uh, I've never gotten anything. And he goes, I'm amazed that you had this, you know, sighting like that. And he goes, I, I want to go out there with you. So the Saturday we met up and uh, we went out there and we thought, well, let's, uh, let's kind of recreate uh, what we did. Let's, let's kind of park the truck uh, in the same area, let's make breakfast uh, and let's talk and, and make a bunch of noise and maybe this thing will come over and show its face again like it's curious about who is here, you know. So we did, you know, we get out there and we made breakfast and uh, we've been there maybe, you know, 30, 40 minutes and I had to relieve myself so I went over and by where the rocks were buried in the ground where I was standing and when I decided to step into the brush a little bit, I'm standing there relieving myself and it's real thick brush right there, and I hear this low, guttering, soft tone, like, growl, you know, and it really carried its R, you know. It was like, <sighs> and I'm standing there relieving myself, and I'm. it sounds like it's maybe not even five to ten feet in front of me, and I, you, you can't see in there. It's just so thick, and I'm, I'm like, and I can hear this heavy breathing, and I'm just like, Oh man! So I, you know, finish and zip it up, and I come walking back over to the truck, you know, really fast. And the veterinarian was over by the creek area looking around, and my buddy was standing at the back of the truck. And I said, you know, I didn't want to suggest anything to the wildlife veterinarian because uh, I wanted him to come out here and, and, and find something on his own. So I told my buddy, I said, go over there and stand where I was in, in, in a few minutes and act like you were relieving yourself. And he's like, why? And I said, just just go just go do it. You know, I, I said, you know, there's something over there. So he goes over there and he's standing there and he looks over his shoulder and he's looking at me like, whoa, you know. And he, and he finishes and he goes, dude, there's something over there growling. And I said, yeah, I know. I mean, this thing, you know, it's watching us, you know. I mean, it's really, this is freaky, you know. And so we, we, we finished eating and the entire time we're like looking over there. I'm I'm freaked out. And so we finished up eating, and the the wildlife vet's like, hey, take me down to where you saw it standing, you know. So we walked back down in there, showed him. Obviously, the impressions are gone at that point. It's been six days later, and, uh, you know, they you step in the moss, you know, your foot, it 
slowly, eventually pops back up again. And he goes, it was standing right here. And I said, yeah. And I said, and then we went around this tree, and there was these mushrooms and a handful of snails and a leaf, you know, maple leaf here. And I said, uh, and I said at that point, now it's all gone. You know, everything's gone. And I said, the tracks, you know, walked. I said, my buddy followed me. You know, I said, Doug followed him. I said, you know, that, you might want to ask him. I said, I stepped back out onto the road. So we walked back through there where it had went. And uh, we're, 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 I have a camera in my hand. We're, we're looking for anything we can take a picture of, an impression or, or something, and uh, snap, you know, branches or whatever. And uh, the vet was off to my right, maybe 100, 120 feet, and my buddy was off to my left about 30 feet closer to where the truck was. At this point, we're probably 220, 250 feet from the truck, and we, we couldn't even see it because the you know, woods were real thick. And my buddy's like, uh, hey, come here. And I go, what? And he goes, he goes, just listen real quietly. He goes, just, you know, hold your breath and, and just listen. And uh, so I'm listening, and you could hear this faint, like, uh, weird talking. And it was like, it, it was just, I don't want to say a whisper, but it was like this, uh, like it was talking to itself or or, or something, someone else or, or something else. And it was this raspy language, and it was talking really fast like it was trying to form words and it, and it couldn't, you know, and it was just, we stood there and listened to it for a few minutes and it stopped. And, and I was just like, dude, that is really, really strange, man. And, and it was talking, you know, we couldn't make out any words or anything, but it was just this raspy voice, you know, and coming back from where that brush was, where, um, where I was going to the bathroom, at, you know, <clears throat> so, so then, uh, we spent the rest of the, uh, the day out there, uh, looking around, didn't really find anything in, in uh, three or four hours probably. And so, uh, I didn't want to, I wanted the vet to find something on his own. And he goes, yeah, he goes, this is a really interesting area. He goes, I, I put cameras back in, in kind of similar close by. He goes, but not in this immediate area. And, and, he, and he goes, well, you know, there's obviously nothing here right now, you know, so we packed up and left, you know? So that, that was kind of that first trip back, you know? And, uh, the language is yeah. really, really strange. And we've heard it out there several times, and not in that same area, but near there since then. And uh, it's always the same type of weird. And I've heard I've heard it referred to on the Internet as some kind of like a samurai chatter or native kind of American language that's trying to speak fast or something. It's really, really strange. Was that accurate? I mean, was that accurate to what you heard? You know, have you heard any yeah. other recordings that were similar to what you heard? Yeah, yeah, I've heard uh it was it was it, it was kind of like this uh, I can kind of imitate it, you know, maybe for you if you want, but uh it kind of went like yeah, it was yeah. like Yeah, it was it was like it kind of went like this. It was like <laughs> kind of like that, you know. And it was real raspy and like talking like real fast trying to make these words, you know, and and it was just Really strange, man. I mean, I've never, I've been all over the world in the military, and I've, you know, been to some weird Asian countries. I've never heard anything, uh, anything like that. It was really strange. Mark, have you, have you heard the uh, Ron Moorhead recordings? No, I've never, no, I don't even know who. Sierra Sounds. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, The only thing I've really heard is, uh, I've heard well I've heard something 
uh, I remember something about some guys in a cabin, and there was something outside, uh, sounded like it was right outside the door or out the cabin, and it was making all these weird sounds, like it was talking really fast. And then I've been on Scott Carpenter's website from Tennessee, who has some okay. interesting uh, audio, and it kind of sounds similar to some, to some of those. But uh, and of course, I've heard the screams and stuff and the and the, and the whooping. But uh, no, I don't, I'm not familiar with 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 uh, the guy you just mentioned. Gotcha. So, Mark, you're so you you have you go out in the woods and you really don't. I mean, your entire context really for Bigfoot was like seeing like seeing the Bigfoot show on In Search of prior to yeah. your encounter. Right. Yeah, I mean, as a kid. So, I mean, seen yeah, yeah, right. And I I, I kind of came in through a similar Bigfoot doorway. Um, I, I But uh, so you, you had a little bit of, of idea of what, you know, that that there was this, this thing that people talked about being out in the woods, and but had really probably not given any real thought to it um, other than having like seen the show, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, you go. I mean, you go from complete disbeliever to oh, oh, wow, that something's walked through, you know, from doesn't exist, and then it's it's a kind of a joke, a, a legend to oh my God, it's real. Right, right, and even. You know, now I, whenever I get something, uh, some kind of video or audio or, or footprints or something, I, you know, I always put it on my cell phone and I try and bring the subject up to relatives or friends or, yeah, I've even showed my, my doctor, my, uh, and, uh, you know, it's a weird subject and some people are like, wow, that's amazing. Others just look at you like, really? You know, <laughs> I mean, are you sure there wasn't somebody out there like playing a joke on you? You know, I even had a family member tell me that. Yeah, there's probably just somebody out there playing a joke on you. And I said, so you mean there's somebody out there for four or five months dressed in this costume on standing on stilts and they're waiting, hoping that sometime in the next four or five or six months, somebody's going to come down here and I'm going to be able to scare them. And I said, yeah, that's just not, that's not, that's, that's just no way. <laughs> you know, I said, there's just no way. And so, um, uh, we, we got into this whole, I mean, I've had an I had just had an encounter, uh, not this last weekend, the weekend before, you know, we camped out there and I'll get into that later. But, uh, um, so we thought, uh, we went back and the veterinarian, you know, we shook hands and we said, Hey, let's keep in touch, you know? And so me and my buddy, you know, that week, you know, at work, you know, we were talking like, you know, what are we going to do? You know, what? You know, I, I said, well, let's get on the Internet and let's, you know, we saw these people, you know, hanging game cameras. And I think game cameras might be a, a good idea. Maybe eventually something might, you know, I, I have heard some people have gotten some interesting photos and stuff. But uh, I just think it's it's like hanging something in, in somebody's living room. That's where they live, you know. So they probably know every little you know, nuance of the, of the, their territory, you know, some people might think, you know, and I, I might've thought this too, you know, before I had my encounter that Bigfoot are like cattle. They just roam around and, you know, great, you know, feed and they just roam. And we, you know, if they end up, you know, a hundred miles away, you know, a year later from where they started, you know, that's just how it is. And I don't, I don't believe that. I believe where we're at, uh, we've had, I believe there's a large family group, um, and they haven't left the area, and it's been eight, you know, what it's eight, eight, nine months since the original encounter, and we've had 
stuff going on the entire time. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I really think they're territorial. I mean, they might go head off, you know, miles away to, you know, forage for food, but I think that they have this home base where they feel safe and they uh, um, can hide from humans and, and other predators, you know, maybe, maybe other predators or something. But um, I, I think they have a home base, you know, where they raise maybe their, you know, a mate and have kids or, you know, something. And um, so yeah. we thought, well, let's, well, how are we going to approach this? You know, what are, what are we what are we going to do? And I said, well, let's just try again, going there, and maybe it'll come to that same opening. Maybe some you know, maybe a couple times a year, people end up in that same spot, and maybe it comes out to watch. It's curious or something. And so I went and bought this uh, Sony Handycam where the screen flips out on the side, so you can see you know what you're filming. And, I said, hey, I got this tripod. Let's go there and let's set it up where I was standing. Let's stand there and talk for you know, a while, and then let's 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 leave and, and walk down a different area and come back. So that's what we did: is uh, set the camera up, turned it on, and uh, flipped the screen out and put record and stood there for a little while, and then walked away and came back like three hours later. At that point, the battery uh, had died, and uh, the camera's there, and I'm thinking like. Okay, I mean, they didn't, you know, the camera's not smashed or anything, and nobody happened back here and didn't break it. So I said, let's go home and let's watch the video, you know. And uh, so um, we go home and we download the video, and the camera would record, and then every 10 minutes it would save the video and start another one. So I think it was like the fourth video in after about 40 minutes, and it must have been just after we had walked away. So we, we stood there for a while talking. Um, they must have been watching us because you hear what sounds like off to the left of the camera. You, first, you can hear s- squirrels because I'm sure you know you, you go out in the woods and you walk. Squirrels are like a you know, security alarm in the woods. You know they they see something approaching, they get out and they start making that chirping noise. You know. Yep. You, you, know, you familiar with that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you could hear these squirrels just going ballistic, and you could hear like this crashing and popping and breaking of sticks. And it sounds like it's coming from the left of the camera. And then you could hear uh there's like gravel there on the on the on where we were standing. You could you could hear like these like footsteps on the gravel and then there's a tree above above the camera and the and the branches are maybe eight feet up. You can hear this snap, it's like crack. And then above the you know, it's like it's above the camera, then right behind the camera, like like right behind it. Well first first it tapped the camera. There was a tap on the camera, and the camera shook. And then a few minutes, you hear the tree branch break, and there's a crack right behind the camera, and then something waves a branch, like swipes it in front of the lens. Not like a falling you know, branch, but like a swipe sideways, like whoosh. And I think what it did is it came up and saw the screen and seen you know, on the screen what was in the distance, and it swiped the, can- the branch in front of it. And then you hear like this... Uh, after it swipes the branch, you hear like a step back. It's like, you know, like, you know, almost like in shock, you know? And, uh, so it was really, we're sitting there looking at each other. Like, this is just unbelievable. I mean, did a human come I mean, how, did, how could a human reach the branch up so high? I mean, you hear it break above the camera, you know, you, you, you hear the break, what sounds like right behind the camera. And then it swipes it across, you know, from right to left in front of the lens, you know, whoosh. I mean, it was just, <laughs> Yeah, and it was within what, what, 10, 15 minutes after we walked away, you know. 
Yeah, was this branch, did you go back and review the branch? I mean, how big a branch was it, and was, did you see any signs of it being uh, broken or anything like that? Yeah, the branch is actually still there. It, it, what it did is um, the trees there are, I'm not, they, they, there's some like uh, alder growth and some ma- some maple and maybe some oak right there. And so, and then, you know, the Douglas fir trees or whatever and cedar stuff, but the branch is actually hanging. It, it hung it in a, in a, in a, in a, in a break in, in one of the trees, like a, like a Y, you know, it like took mm-hmm. the branch about eight feet up and like, I don't, I'm pretty sure it's the same one and set it in there. So the branch, I left it there. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't tamper with it. I didn't touch it, but you could see this broken, look like a fresh break branch and it's, it hung it like it there, you know? And, uh, that was after that was the next trip back when we found that, you know, I thought, well, let's mm-hmm. look for something, you know, we immediately went back the following weekend and we let's look for something. And yeah, there is a, a branch hung there. You can see where something had broke it and, it, and it's hung there, uh, and it's, it's still there today, you know. Yeah. And so we, so we didn't, we didn't, we just left it. Yeah. So, so the the interesting question here is: Is Sasquatch aware of what you guys were up to? If it indeed was a Sasquatch that did this, I mean, it it it, it put a branch in front of the camera. Do you think it would just happen to come behind the camera? Or was that on purpose? I mean, what's going on in your mind when when you reviewed this film and you see this branch come down there and you heard the scrabble movement and everything else? I'm thinking the intelligence factor here is is unbelievable. We uh, there was no other vehicles back there. I mean, if somebody had hiked back there, they hiked a long way. You know, I mean, we're talking miles. You know, and uh, so. Uh, I'm thinking like, okay, it was probably watching us from a distance. We sees us put this black thing on something with three legs sitting there and it's seen us walk away. And it got probably curious, like, what, what is that? You know? And, but what was really odd is like, how do they know where, where the lens is? Do they look at the, at the front of the camera, like an eyeball? So, you know, it never came in front of the camera, you know, it was, it was behind it, you know, to the left of it, you know, and I'm thinking, is this thing this intelligent that, you know, it sees the screen on the side, it sees what's in the distance and it sees the same thing on the screen. And it's think, is it thinking in its mind, if I step in front of this thing, am I going to be on that screen too? And they'll be able to see me. So my, in my mind, what I'm thinking is it broke the branch and waved it in front of it. And when it saw it on the screen, it it, it was like, you know, I, this is you know something bad. I need to stay away. And, and it and it walked away. You can hear it crashing through through the branches, leaving. You know. Yeah, yeah. What's interesting too is is so you've had you had this initial encounter, and now you've become somewhat um, a researcher. You're researching or You're trying to get more evidence. Um, what other techniques uh, have you been? Uh, thinking in your head to utilize out there and what have you actually what ha- what actually has come to surpass with uh, your ideas uh, uh, with you know with technology and uh, what have you guys been up to um, since that camera uh, event yeah so we thought well um, you know we need to get some smaller cameras we need to get a you know maybe another handy camera and I've bought these cameras they're made by a company called Movie M U V I. It's called or Vho. It's made by Vho. It's called a Movie Pro, and they're about the size of your thumb. And you, they come with an eight four gigabyte card, but you can put an eight gigabyte card in there, 
and I've kind of painted them different camouflage colors and they come with a little clip and they're really tiny and they don't, they give good video to a, a certain degree, maybe, you know, 40, 50 feet, but they get pretty good sound. So I've invested in those and we've clipped those up in, in certain places and had some luck, but we thought, well, you know, this thing by show, by coming out into that kind of big turnaround area, really, if it is a squatch, it really exposed itself. You know, I mean, it really, the truck was like 50 feet away. I mean, if somebody was in the backseat of the truck or if there was a camera in the truck, you know, we, you know, you would have had something, you know, really solid. I mean, you could have, I mean, you could have had it on video for, you know, three or four minutes, you know? And so we thought, well, let's get another camera and let's start hiding cameras. We said another Sony Handycam, let's get these small cameras, let's start hiding them in the truck. And so that's what we did. We came back the following weekend and I, took another Sony handy. We put the, the same black camera in the same spot, turned it on. And I put a, another Sony handy camera on his center console and it was pointed out the, uh, driver's side door window. And, uh, so we turned them on and, and we walked away and, you know, we're still on camera walking away from the truck. You can see us and you can hear rocks sitting in the truck. And at, and at one point you even hear, you can see a rock fly from the left out of, you know, you can't see what's throwing it. It was just out of view of the camera. You see it fly from the left, hit the door right under the window, and ricochet off and land on the ground. And we didn't hear it because we were at that point, you know, 100, 120 feet from the truck. But, you know, we we went and we came back three hours later. And uh, when we came back up to the truck, well, let me, uh, the cameras were still there. At one point in, in the camera, you could hear um, – you could see some rocks hitting it, but, you know, you could hear most of them. And at one point, you hear what sounds like a rock hitting glass. And when we came back to the truck, right in front of where he sits in the, in the driver's seat, there's a, a rock hitting the window, and it spidered, you know, two feet across the windshield. You know, so they threw a rock and hit his, his window. So obviously rocks are coming from different directions, left and right, you know. But they're just out of view, you know, out of view of the camera, like like almost as if like they know that that thing on the camera is an eyeball, and maybe the camera's giving off some kind of light that they can see, and you know they know to stay stay just out of that. And so we come walking back up to the truck, and uh, there's uh, a car that had pulled up, which I'm kind of amazed to even see out there. We're so far back there, and it was a an elderly gentleman. And a, and a younger gentleman, I'm guessing a grand, grandfather and a grandson. And the, the older, the younger guy was probably in his late 20s. And uh, so they're, when we come walking up, they're up to the right of the truck, about 50, 60 feet away, and they're pointing into the woods. And so I'm thinking to myself, you know, what's going on? So that they, they hear us and they turn around and we both have sidearms and we both have shotguns. And, uh, um, you know, we're not out there to shoot a squatch. It's just for personal defense, you know. But, uh um, the old man immediately walks down to his vehicle and gets in the vehicle. And, and so I put, I, we laid our weapons in the back of the, uh, of the truck and the younger guy was still kind of pointing back into the woods and he came walking down and I said, uh, you guys are back there pointing in the woods. Did, did you see anything? And he goes, well, you know, I don't, I, you know, I don't know if I really want to talk about it. He goes, there was something really odd. He goes, when we pulled up something either saw us or hurt us, he goes, but there was something crouched next to the passenger side of your pickup truck. And he says, uh, it hurt us, and it stood up and turned around. And he goes, and this thing was huge. He goes, 
He goes, the, and my buddy just has a Dodge pickup. It's not lifted. It's a four-wheel, four-by-four. He goes, this thing was huge. He goes, the shoulders were, you know, about the same height as the, as the top of the cab, of the door. And he goes, it, it turned, and it, and it ran up this other uh, dead end up here, and it bolted right up here where we're standing into the woods. And uh, he goes, it happened maybe, you know, five minutes before you guys got here. And um, he goes, we've only been, you know, he goes, but I don't want to talk to you. Talk to you. I said, well, I can't remember, you know, in your name. And he goes, no, I don't, I don't want to give my name. And he goes, no, I don't, you know, well, they just got in the car and left. So we were like, man, maybe we got something on video, you know. So we get home and we watch the video and we start seeing, the, you know, the rock, hearing the rocks and seeing the rocks and, you know, his windows broken. And, but on, we're sitting there listening to, you know, three hours of video and, watching the video and we kept hearing this weird like clicking noise which sounded like it was coming from the opposite side of the cab of the truck behind the camera on the passenger side we couldn't figure out what it was you know and uh so i had my wife listen to it and she goes well it kind of sounds like the uh someone's lifting the door handle on the truck and, and releasing it you know like you lift the door handle and it springs back and makes that clapping noise you know and so we recreated that in my driveway and then listened to it and it's the same same sound so this thing was probably watching us, you know, set up the camera, getting in and out of the truck, closing the door and opening and closing it. I mean, and then it tried to get tried to get into the truck, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty. So I'm just like I'm just like I looked at my buddy. I said, "Man, these things just are so intelligent and so smart." Was it trying to get into the truck to disable the camera? Was it what, what was it doing? I mean, was it imitating us? I mean, did it did it did it uh, see us opening the door handle and it wanted to get in and, and, and was curious. I mean, what, why was it doing that? You know, we, we could we could never figure it out, you know? Yeah. Okay. You know, driving truck. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's when you got to get out of the woods. They can drive <laughs> the truck away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The keys in well, there. yeah. Well, what we had done is, is we had, we had set apples out, uh, over there near that other black camera. And uh, so I don't know if it wanted the apples and it had knew previous from the previous week it, what that camera was and that it saw setting up the camera on the center console and, and wanted to disable that camera to get to the apples. You know, is, was that the reason, you know, or was it just curious about what was in the truck, you know? Because I, I mentioned that to uh, uh, somebody I've been dealing with, and, and, you, and you know him. Uh, uh, let's just mention his first name, Dave. And he said he took a report one time of an elderly couple that came back to their vehicle at a hiking trail, and that uh, they found something in, from a distance sitting in the back seat of the vehicle. And the older, I guess, the older gentleman had walked up to the to the vehicle, and it was a juvenile squatch sitting in the back seat, and it had jumped out of the vehicle. Have you, have you heard that story? Yeah, I have I'm, not uh, heard that one yet. I have. Yeah, so I'm I'm of the opinion, Mark, that you know that you know I don't know what Sasquatch is, um, but I, I'm of the opinion that it, it very well could be a non-human primate. Uh, and, and when you look at these videos of of orangutans and chimpanzees and 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 gorillas, you know they they they're quick learners and they they're very attentive to what we do when they're in our environment, you know, whether it's a zoo or anywhere else, and they, they're quick learners, and they, they a lot of times mimic uh, what we do. You know, uh, there was a recent video of a orangutan that was washing its face with a, a cloth. It had been watching 
the trainers and, and the, the zoo people, um, you know, wash themselves with a cloth, and it mimicked that. No reason to believe that a Sasquatch, if it's watching people coming in and out of a door of a car in, in the latch, uh, that it right. would not, in fact, mimic and, and do that. And, and, of course, like you said, there's all sorts of goodies in cars a lot of times, you know. Um, um, and I know it's a, for a lot of people that's a, a, a stretch and a long reach, but, you know, Sasquatch is out there. Uh, I have to think that they're very capable of, of learning some of our behaviors and mimicking them. Right, right. Yeah, so it got onto this thing of like, okay, uh, it, it it's obviously now at this point used to seeing us out there, you know, uh, uh, the same colored vehicle. It might be used to seeing our face now. They're probably able to recognize, you know, distinguish, you know, uh, facial recognition or whatever. And I said, uh, it hasn't been real aggressive towards us other than growling and throwing rocks at your truck. And I said, uh, um, we don't, I don't think we really need to carry these shotguns. I said, uh, it's probably seen hunters out here and seen them shoot deer and elk and, you know, knows that those big black sticks that go boom are bad, you know. So I said, uh, you know, let's not carry shotguns anymore. Let's just carry a sidearm. So that's what we did after that point. And then things have gotten kind of interesting since then. Um, we went out there, uh, new, like every weekend, Saturday, Sunday, we were out there and, uh, we found prints. I sent you, sent you some prints. Uh, there's one with my, with my watch next to it. And my buddy's boot is a 13 and a half. So the right of it and that print we found, uh, I think it was on our third trip back. Uh, it was maybe 12 or 15 feet in front of where I was standing on that blocked road you know it was in the kind of in the moss and in the, in the, in the dirt a little bit and um, that was our first print we found and so that was kind of that was really kind of interesting but uh, so we spent numerous times out there and we thought well let's try and friend them you know let's leave them gifts let's leave them food and so we found back there just off to where it was standing when our initial sighting there's a, a tree that's down we would go out there and leave apples and snickers bars in uh, one instance maybe our fifth or sixth trip back we went over there to set them on there, and uh, we thought we heard, like, a grunting noise uh, off to the right, maybe, you know, 30, 40 feet away in this brush. And so we tried stepping over the tree trunk. Um, it, well, it's, it's about three and a half feet off the ground. You have to kind of roll over the top of it. And every time we tried to, it would uh, the grunts would get louder as if, like, you know, don't come back here, you know. And so uh, we tried that, you know, repeatedly the same same thing each time. So we just thought, well, let's just leave the food here and let's 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 leave, you know. And we left for a couple hours. We come back and the and the food is there still, and then come back the next morning and the food is gone. And then there's impressions in the moss still. Just you know, I have some photos of some impressions in the moss right by the log. And so uh, it won't take food. It seems like it won't take food when we're there. It'll take it after we leave the area, you know. Uh, one time we took a, a a bucket, a five-gallon bucket, and I put a bunch of apples and unwrapped Snickers bars in it. And we uh, came out there on a Saturday just before dark and hung it up in the tree. The bucket was about eight feet off, eight feet off the ground, and in the, in the, in the with a rope, and then tied the rope around, another, you know, over the branch and then around another tree. And we came back the following morning, and you know, the 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 the, the string is that we used paracord. The, the par- I tied it with a navy bowline knot the paracord is there and it's, it's untied, you know, it's not ripped off. It's not, you know, torn down and the bucket, we found it, you know, a hundred feet away and it's empty, you know, 
<laughs> I was, it was untied. You know, it was really, really, that was kind of strange. Yeah, then there was strange. a, there was a windstorm. Well, actually, let me backtrack a little bit. We were out there once and uh, we kept hearing uh, something parallel us uh, when we were walking, uh, paralleling us in, in the brush, you know, just off to our right. Uh, my buddy first heard it, and he goes, "You hear that?" He goes, "We're walking. You know, we're walking on this, you know, you know, dirt, you know, path." He goes, uh, "There's brush movement," I, and so we stop. And he goes, "Take five steps," you know. So we we will take five steps, and we stop. And you can hear another two, you know, one or two steps off to the right in the brush. And we kept doing that repeatedly, and um, it, it just kept doing it. So then we walked further, and. Uh, I'm in the lead at that point, and I hear my buddy, you know, yelling like, whoa, what, what is that, you know? And so I turn around immediately, and about 100 yards behind us, I see this, uh, the back of this, you know, I thought was a leg, you know, stepping into the woods. And I go, what was that? And he goes, he goes, I just had this overwhelming filming, f- feeling that we were being followed and watched. And he goes, I turn around, it crossed the path behind us. And I said, you know, we we might be making a huge mistake here. I said, we need to start carrying cameras on our back. And, uh, you know, what have we missed so far, you know? Um, you know, so we went back to where to cross the path and, you know, tried, you know, whooping and rock tapping and, you know, nothing, you couldn't get anything, you know, re- no response, you know? And so we, we, we thought, okay, well now when we come out here now, let's, uh, um, well, let's carry a camera on our back, you know? And, uh, well, then there was this uh, big windstorm around Thanksgiving. I think it might have been just after Thanksgiving. And it came through and it knocked a bunch of trees down, blocking uh, access to where our, our, we've been doing all this research at. So when we initially, what initially happened, we we got to the first down tree on the road when we drove back there, and we're like, oh, this is great. So he had a chainsaw. He always, he always carried a chainsaw on his pickup truck. We cut through the first tree, which took a few hours. It was a pretty big tree. And then uh, – thought okay maybe this is it and we drive and go around another corner and there's just multiple trees down so we've parked the truck and hiked back through there and just to hike a half a mile it took us like three hours because some of these trees are three and four feet in diameter and they're stacked some sometimes two you know two and three at a time across this road and uh, it was just too dangerous so i thought man it's it's over you know they're they're not going to come back here and clean this up you know i mean what's what interest does the Forest Service have back here other than it's just an old road? I mean, it's it's over, man. You know, I thought, you know, I thought, well, then I thought about it, and I said, well, let's come back and let's start doing work right here at the fir- as far as we can get. And at that point, we're probably a half a mile from our initial siding area. So we thought, well, let's spend the night out here in, in your truck, and let's, let's you know, let's, let's see if we can get anything, you know. So we went out there. And uh, we worked all night Friday night, and we were up all day Saturday, and we were pretty tired. And uh, um, uh, he was going to sleep in the front seat; I was going to sleep in the back seat. And I took a a, a bucket, and I put a bunch of apples and Snickers bars in it, and I put a, an audio recorder, just a cheap audio recorder, in the bucket, and I put it in the the truck bed, uh, you know, behind the cab, right where I was. And I crashed out at like 5:30, and he soon did afterwards. And uh, around uh, 10.30 or so, 10.45, uh, we've been in there about five hours, and windows are are fogged up, and we can't see out, and nothing can see in. And I hear 
off to the left of the truck, you know, not even 50 feet away, like these uh, drumming of sticks, you know, like if you're a kid and you, and you have uh, sticks and you're pounding it on something and, you know, you're like drumming. And so I can hear like these drumming noises, you know, clink, 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 clink. And then, you know, in the distance, you know, a, fur- a little further away, you hear a reply and it's going back and forth, you know. And I'm thinking, wow, that's pretty interesting, you know. Uh, there, I don't know any animal that can do that, you know. And so it stopped, and my buddy's snoring away, and I'm laying there listening. I thought I could hear something slowly walking up to the truck. And uh, I'm, I'm laying there with my head and shoulders and pillow against the driver's side rear door of the cab, and I and I feel myself slowly being pushed pushed on, like something's pushing on the door just a little bit. And I'm, I'm slowly being pushed on by the door panel, and I'm like, uh-oh, it's right here at the truck. And then I, I hear, like, this hand slap on the on the glass of so the driver's side door and, and glass and, and rear door glass. And I hear, like, it's a hand or something slap on the glass. And I told my buddy, I said, uh, Doug, you know, wait, wake up. I said, it's right here at the truck. And I go, man, I said, I'm, I'm pretty scared, man. I said, let's start the truck up and let's fucking leave, you know. And he goes, no, man, this is what we're out here for, you know. So we're laying there listening. He eventually falls asleep and snoring. And I hear it where it sounds like it walked all the way around the truck and it came back to my side of the truck uh, right behind the cab where I was at. And I could hear the bucket on the plastic bed liner being pushed around a little bit. And then it would stop and then being pushed around would stop. And this went on for... 45 minutes to an hour and I thought, okay, it's eating stuff in the bucket. And so, um, it stopped and I laid there till about 2 AM and I, and the entire time I'm thinking my adrenaline is just flowing. I'm freaked out of my mind and I'm thinking, okay, the assault's going to come. They're going to smash the windows. They're going to roll the truck over. They're pissed off. We're here. And it never came. And I woke up at like seven when we get out of the truck and the buckets empty the re- sound recorders gone. I looked around the immediate area and I couldn't find it. And there's this big handprint handprint on the glass. I sent you pictures of the, of the weird looking fingers kind of on the glass. Hmm. Yeah, did you see those? So, I sent you those pictures. Yeah, you did, and they're fascinating. And in fact, they actually uh, look similar to something a buddy of mine found on his truck uh, several several years ago after an experience. And so they were very. Um, very interesting to me personally, uh, you know. So you have you have these possibility of of these you know Sasquatch or Sasquatches around the area. I mean, you had to be. I mean, obviously you were you were freaked out. You were freaked out, right? You know, are right. you thinking uh, you're you know uh, about to you're in big trouble here? I mean, what I guess what I'm getting at here, Mark, is did you ever think about stop? Stop, you know, stopping uh, going out there. I mean, how many times have you been out there since your original encounter? And are you? I mean, you keep, what drives you to keep going out there? Uh, I yeah, you know, I've there's some stuff that's happened to me that I've at some point I've just said I'm I'm done with it. I'm I'm too freaked out. Uh, I don't want to do it anymore. But then I get home and I realize they've obviously had opportunities to snatch me up and kill me or me and my buddy because we've been out there dozens and dozens of times. And I said they never have. Uh, we've every time we've been out there, we've we've left them food. Uh, and I said, you know, I'm trying to get the point across to them that we don't mean them any harm. Um, and I hope they get that message. You know, I mean, um, so 
uh, yeah, I have thought about quitting, and and uh, I'll get into a story you know later in our interview that yeah. uh, really made me you know. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, so yeah. we get out of the truck, and I'm like to my buddy, I'm like, man, we need to like go to the sheriff's office and see if we can talk them into taking prints off the glass. You know, my buddy's like, no, no, I don't want anybody knowing about what's going on out here. Uh, you know, we don't talk to anybody. We don't tell anybody. And so, you know, he doesn't want us to talk about it. So we uh, got up and, you know, we, that was, you know, at like 730 in the morning. We cooked breakfast on the tailgate of the truck. And uh, I set up cameras inside the truck, out the front window and out the uh, side doors on the center console. And we left the doors open to the truck. And behind the truck off to the left, I sent you some uh, some frames of video there's these group of trees. There's actually uh, two trees side by side with a branch hanging down in front of them, low to the ground. And if you were to stand at the back of the truck and look over there, you really couldn't see the the V shape of the two trees where they meet about seven feet up and then spread apart. All you can see is the root, the, the base of them because of that branch. And then there's another tree behind them. And so we're standing there cooking and everything and we set everything up and we eat and, and I have a camera on my backpack and I have one on my head looking forward and one looking backward. And so uh, in the video, my buddy helps me with my backpack on. We turn the camera on and we start to walk away from the truck. Well, those two trees off to the left that are side by side, uh, there was something hiding behind those trees over there listening to us. And obviously it couldn't see us walk away because of the branches in the way. But it, as soon as it, it comes into view real clear and you can see its whole body, you can see its head, uh, it looks like its right shoulder, maybe its arm, its b- the, the, its back, and then its buttock, and then its right thigh. It turns its head and looks at us as we're walking by and ducks down. And I sent you some frames of video, yeah, of, of the video of it, of it standing there, and then of it, you know, uh, had ducked down at that point. And the video, you know, is it's in it's motion. You know, it's kind of like the Patterson film. It's, you know, right. the, the camera's moving around because my backpack's moving and we're walking, but we didn't even know it was there. And uh, so we walk away from the truck and we walk about, you have to, we walk about 200 yards down a straight stretch and we just get around a bend in the road where you can't see the truck. And I realize I didn't turn my head camera on. So as soon as I turn my head camera on, um, it's, it's, it's in the video. It's like, starts at like second number one <laughs> from like one second one to like second 11 behind us. You hear these massive tree knocks, like five or six tree knocks. It's just, donk donk and i turn in the video towards towards where the truck is and i'm listening and i'm thinking this thing is you know obviously sending a signal from where we were at the truck to maybe others down the road uh you know we're on you know they're on the move you know and so we didn't but at that point we had we didn't know yet that that one was behind the tree so we walk a little further and my buddy's like hey I, i need to relieve myself so he's taking a leak behind me about 20, 25 feet. And I'm standing there just looking into the woods and behind us, uh, it's in front of me, it's kind of a flat forest floor, but behind me is a kind of a hillside. And, uh, I see this rock out of the corner of my eye come flying and it lands next to me and you can't see it on camera, but you can hear it. The clack hit the ground. I turn around and my buddy's just turning around zipping at that point, And I said, uh, Hey man, did you kick a rock at me? You know, and he goes, "What?" I said, "Yeah, did you kick a rock at me?" And he goes, "No." And I said, "Dude, something from right up on this hillside just threw a rock, and it landed right next to me." And uh, we're like, "Whoa, this is you know what's going on? You know, this is really like." I said, "Yeah, dude, they're like following us or something, you know." So uh, we spent the rest of the day out there 
what we're trying to do is establish from where the down trees are back to this other turn off from another road, how far they're willing to come down to the road. You know, it's, it's about a, a two mile stretch. So that's what we've been doing is working backwards. So we uh, packed everything up and went home and watching video, you know, I got hours and hours of video to watch of, you know, the cameras in the truck, the camera on my backpack, my head camera. And I immediately watch the one on my backpack and I see as we're leaving the truck, the one behind the tree, see it standing there and then it turns its head and, you know, it's only 35 feet from us, you know, maybe 40 feet at the most, but then duck down. And I'm just like, Whoa, this is just unbelievable. You know, these cameras, these VHO movie pros are only two megapixels. So, the video, you know, you know, isn't all that perfect, you know, to, you know, maybe, you know, 35, 40 feet, maybe, you know, at the most, you know, it's not great video, you know? And so I'm like, man, this is unbelievable. You know, I'm watching it for like hours, you know, and then I go, I put it on this program and I go frame by frame and I'm watching it, you know, and I sent you, you know, if you zoom in on the frames I sent you, you can like almost see its face, you know, where its eyes are and, it's kind of, you know, I don't know if you've done that, but you, you can see its face, you know. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, uh, yeah, yeah continue on, Mark. Thank you. Oh, so, uh, um, so what we've been doing now is, is working backwards from where the, that happened all the way to the main road, like I said, about two miles, trying to figure out how far to the main road they're willing to come. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I would go and hang uh, these little VHO cameras on branches, camouflaged up, and I'm getting a lot of, uh, in one particular stretch of road, about 200 yards long, it's a straight stretch, uh, I'm getting a lot of rock tapping and tree knocking and tree breaking. And so I'll even, we'll go out there and we'll, we'll drive in and we'll get out and immediately set a camera on a branch facing into the woods and then drive off and then go do our thing and then come back three hours later, get the camera and go home. Well, you know, after we set the camera, not even, you know, 15, 20 minutes into it, you start hearing tree breaks and rock tapping and tree knocking. So is it like on that Sestra Road, is there like what I've heard to somebody refer to as, as a century where they have like a lookout, a lookout, you know, for the others, you know, that's warning others when if someone's walking or if cars are coming down the road, do they send a signal? They have to be watching the road. I mean, this has happened you know, four or five times where I'm getting this kind of action, you know. And uh, I even called um, a researcher from Canada who came down and spent two days with me out there. And uh, the second day, is, you know, his wife came. The first day uh, we did that, and I, and I got some audio of rock, rock tapping and tree breaking, the same, same, same scenario, put it in the same spot. And then that same stretch of road, we had a rock thrown at us. He had a parabolic ear on, and... Uh, uh, I caught the rock it was, uh, and saw it out of the corner of my eye. It came from the top of the hillside. It's like the size of a kiwi. And uh, he immediately turned and said, what was that? And he goes, I heard that hit the road. I said, it was a rock. And so uh, I had cameras set up in the truck. And the next morning at breakfast, I played him the video from rock sitting in the truck. And, you know, he's like, wow, that's, you know, that's something else, you know. He goes, the road, we're at a dead end right there where the trees are at. There's no other vehicles out there. I said, yeah. I said, something's throwing rocks at my truck, you know, and, so he left me a, a a game camera, and he and he said at the end of the second day, he said, uh, you know, would you mind you know finding somewhere out here where you think this 
you know, would do some good. And, and I said, yeah, I said, you know, I don't think game cameras will work. I said, but I'll, I'll, I'll hang it for you, you know? And so, uh, that was at the end of April. And so I, I was trying to, you know, call him, tell my buddy, you know, I want you to go out there with me to hang this game camera. And he had stuff going on and I called some other friends and I, I didn't want to go alone. You know, I'm pretty freaked out. And you know, my wife said she would go. And I was like, I was like, God, oh, no, I, I don't, I don't want to, you know, put you, put, put, put you in harm's way, you know? So, uh, I went out there on, uh, it was a Monday morning on May 16th, and I thought, well, I'll park the truck where you turn off from the main road, and I'll I'll, I'll walk in real quietly, and I'll just, that stretch of road where I'm getting all the rock tapping and tree breaking, I said, I'll just uh, step into the woods a ways, and I'll hang it, and I'll just I'll just leave, you know. But I took my, I took a backpack, a bottle of water, and I, I took a, a sidearm, a 44 Magnum, and I had his camera and I, and I walked in real quietly. It's about a half a mile walk. And, uh, from where I parked and I just walked on the edge of the road real, real quietly. And actually it took me about 45 minutes because I I would walk and stop and I'd walk very slowly. I didn't want them to know I was there, you know? And so in that stretch of road, we'd been leaving apples and, and candy bars and stuff that were always taken. You know, I'm not, I don't know if they would never take them when the cameras there it was always later, you know? Um, you know, and I don't know if, if they were, if they're taking the food or not, but so I found the spot where I, I normally hang it, hit, clip a little camera onto and, and I, and I, you have to step off the road, go a step over, I think it was a drainage ditch, but it might've been just pooled to water, but you had to step over, uh, this area of water about, about a foot, foot wide, you know, foot and a half wide and you step into the woods. And once again, it's, you know, moss and, and 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 it's real thick and i'm i'm looking in front of me I'm, I'm looking at the ground in front of me trying not to trip you know and fall and i get in you know maybe you know 25 30 feet and 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 as i'm looking down i see out of my peripheral vision up i see you know something some movement and so uh and this is really <laughs> This is the point where after this happened, I, I just thought I'm I'm done with this. You know, I mean, I've I'm done. But I see in front of me this black big Sasquatch step out from a tree on the left in front of me, and then a smaller one, you know, from a tree on the right about seven feet away, step out from the tree on the right, and the the bigger one is about maybe six three, six four, and I immediately look at the smaller one who's about five five and about I looked at it for maybe you know not even three seconds, and I realized at that point that one's not a threat to me. This bigger one is, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't bulky. It was. It was built like a real. Lean, it had it was solid muscle, but it was lean muscle, and it wasn't mat. It wasn't didn't have mass yet. It was what I've described. What I people I've described to you say it might have been an older juvenile. It was built like an NFL receiver, NBA basketball player, but it was solid muscle and the hair was really short. It was all black. It had the same facial features as the first one I saw, except the, the, the skin color, what skin there was visible on the face, just around the eyes and the nose was different. And the hair color, like I said, I, th- I thought the hair color on the other one might've been brown, but this one was all black and it had, there was no long hair. It was all really short hair no long waving hair. It was just all really short hair and it was massive. And so I'm, the, the whole encounter was less than 30 seconds. So I'm just, it's standing there looking at me. And one thing I noticed was really odd is its fingernails were like yellow. 
you know, the, the fingers are, the hands are hanging down almost to its knees. And, and I, and I look, look down at its hands and I glance down at its fingers, fingernails are yellow, you know, kind of a yellowish color, which mm-hmm. like, like nail fungus kind of, you know, which I thought was kind of odd. And so I'm looking at it, it's looking at me, it's got black eyes and I'm thinking, I'm dead. And I said, I'm, 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 I'm dead. You know, I thought uh, this is like my worst nightmare. I mean, the one time I come out here alone and now I'm, I'm done for, you know, they've seen me out here probably dozens of times and, you know, now it's payback, you know, <laughs> I mean, leave us alone, you know? And I, and you know, like I said before, we've tried to friend them leaving food. And so I immediately take a step backward and he takes a step towards me, not, not a big step. It was a small step. And the smaller one immediately uh, takes some steps over real quick steps and gets behind the bigger one. And so I'm thinking I'm a half a mile from my truck. I'm alone. I'm done, man. I'm, I mean, this all, you know, the whole encounter was 30 seconds, but this is all running through my mind really fast. So I take another immediate step backwards. This time it takes a step towards me, but this time it gives me a, a menacing look where its eyebrows, you know, its eyes squint and it, growls and it doesn't open its mouth and its lower jaw doesn't drop but it it uh opens its lips and and i can see its teeth and it gives me this guttering growl you know and its teeth are yellow and brown and i'm i'm like and they're human-like teeth you know there's no canines they're flat you know front teeth you know like regular human teeth so i immediately turn to run and i'm you know i walk with a limp and i run with a limp you know i'm what running i can do and uh, I'm trying to make it to the road. This thing's it could have had me within one step, you know. I mean, we're at that point when I immediately turned around, we were maybe 12, 13 feet away at that point. It had it could have had me within one step, but I'm, I'm running and I can hear it on my heels. And it's you know I'm running through my mind like I'm done for. This gets I'm I'm dead, you know. So as soon as I get to the edge of the road, I got hit in my right below my neck and my upper shoulder blades and my backpack you know, took the majority of, of the, uh, kind of relieved, I think some of the, uh, the blow because it has a padded back on it. It was a kind of a military type pack. And, uh, I got hit. I don't know if it was a fist. It wasn't a, 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 a swipe. It was a, it was a forward movement, either palm of the hand, fist, or forearm. And I ended up on landing about eight feet away on the other side of the road, road kind of on my left and laying on my backpack. I was trying to roll to my right and undo the button on my holster and pull my mag, my, my handgun out. And I'm thinking at this point I'm going to have to defend myself. And I, it's behind me to my right, and I see out of the corner of my eye, it's it walks past me and walks back to where we, it came from. And as it walks by me, I'm, I'm starting to pull my, my gun out. I'm thinking I'm a half – once again, I'm far from my truck. I'm not that mobile. If I shoot it in the back, you know, I mean, at this point it's not a threat to me. It's walking away. And I remember seeing its buttocks. Its buttocks were like covered in feces, like it sat, like it sat in a uh, cow pie or something. You know, it was just covered in feces. But the sheer muscle on this thing—you could see its muscle tone. Like it's, its calves, its back of its thighs, its buttocks. It had a V-shaped back. You know, like a you know, like I said, a you know, real cut. You know, NFL receiver. And so I immediately, you know, reholstered my handgun and got up and and uh, kind of did a, a limping jog back to my pickup truck, which was the scariest, you know, uh, you know, scariest time of my life. I thought, you know, they're going to chase me, you know, and they never did. I got in my truck and and left. And on the way home, I thought, 
I'm done with this. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm done. You know, <laughs> I'm done, yeah. man. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. I mean, Mark. I mean, Mark. This, this, this. I mean, for those listening, this is just happened. I mean, this is weeks ago. We're not talking about uh, right. months ago. We're not talking about years ago. This is all recent stuff, and right. you experienced it. And and yet, you're still going back out there, man. You're still going back out yeah. there, right? Yeah, yeah. I uh, <laughs> so you know, on the drive home, I'm 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 just I'm just like I'm done. You know, I didn't I didn't I didn't I didn't even tell my wife because I didn't want my wife. My wife would absolutely put her foot down. No more going out there. And she didn't know about it until she heard the first podcast. And uh, <laughs> uh yeah, she was pissed. She's pissed. She was pissed. And so. We went. The next trip out there was uh, uh, not this last Saturday, the Saturday before. And I, you know, I immediately got on the phone when I got in cell phone range. I called my buddy and told him. And he goes, "You went out there alone?" He goes, "Dude, you're nuts!" And I, and I told him the story, and he goes, "Like, oh my god!" And I said, "Yeah." I said, and my thought process was, was, was like, "Okay, I've been on that same stretch of road dozens of times, leaving it food, setting these cameras, getting tree knocks, getting rock tapping." getting tree breaks. And I said, uh, how did they know I was there? I said, I, I parked the camera, the, the truck a half mile away. Did they hear the truck? Did they hear me walking? Did they smell me? Did they, did they, did they say to themselves, he's back, he's going to leave us, you know, red apples. He's going to leave us green apples. He's going to leave us those, you know, those treats, you know, which I always left them unwrapped Snickers bars. You know, what's he going to do? Let's watch and let's see where he puts them and let's get them when he leaves. And did I just happen to step in where they were? Was it completely by chance? And I don't think so. I think that they knew I was there. They came to watch me find out what I was going to set out and waited, was going to wait for me to leave and take the food. And I just happened to step in on them is what I think. And I think they sent the old, the older juvenile, I think, was really odd to me was is that he waited until I got to the edge of the road and then hit me as if to say, like, you belong out here and stay here. That's kind of what I was thinking is like, you stay here, you know, like you belong out here. You know, it was as soon as I got, I cleared the brush and got on the road when I got hit, you stay here. Don't come in here. This is our, you stay here. That's kind of what I thought, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, Mark, Mark, real quick, what, 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 in your opinion, I want you to continue on, but what in your opinion, I mean, why are they hanging? I mean, seem to be hanging out in this area. Uh, why are they constantly there? Uh, what's you know keep him there there's a lot of questions in my head uh all positive but i mean what's keeping him there what's keeping him coming back i mean now you're you're going out there constantly um you know every weekend as much as you can and yet you still seem to uh, have some interaction some sort of experience what's keeping him there i i think that's you know there hasn't been a lot of human traffic back there and uh I there's some things I could tell you in person. I don't want to say because uh, I don't want anybody knowing where it's at. I, I told you where it's at because you know I, I trust you. But uh, yeah. if I said some things about something, some people would know. But let's just say that you know, ten fifteen years ago, there was a big storm out there that restricted access to the public, and people weren't able to get out there till just a few years ago. That you know, there was no humans out there at all for over 10 years. You know, I mean, nobody could get out there. Um, and that has recently in the last few years been fixed. Um, 
So I think, you know, with the, 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 the major river, all the streams and creeks, you know, the deer we've seen out there, all the other wildlife, that this is their home. You know, there's a large family unit there. I mean, we have, you know, I think we have eight or nine different size tracks now. They're all different sizes. And uh, so obviously in this one small area that we're working, two-mile stretch of road, we know there's at least, you know, nine of them, you know, because you know, we have different size tracks, you know. And so right. uh, my buddy goes, Let, let's go back out there, you know, let's, let's you know, so uh, two weekends ago, it was really hot here. It was in, like, the upper 80s, and we were going to go out there, and I said, uh, what I want to do is, is – uh, I showed my buddy where it happened at, and we actually uh, went back there and hung the game camera right back in that same area where where they were standing. And uh, I said, I want to go camp down near right where we turn off the road. Let's camp right there, and let's see if they'll come visit us at night. Let's see how if if they're willing to come that far down to the main road. And I said, uh, and I don't mean a main highway. It's it's a main road as far as the Forest Service considers, but there's never hardly any cars back there. I said, let's camp right down there and let's spend the night and let's see what happens. So two Saturday, not there'd be two weeks ago tomorrow. We went out there and, um, uh, my buddy had worked all night Friday night and it was Saturday afternoon and we get out there to set up and it had rained a few days prior. And right where you turn off the road there, where we wanted to camp, it was heavily shaded and it's still real muddy. And I said, well, man, I don't want to camp here in the mud. I said, let's park here. Let's hike back in there and let's, you know, do, do some looking around. So we did. And then, uh, I said, Hey, this is a good opportunity. It's real. The sun is out. I said, uh, let's try and get down to some of these, uh, sandbars in the middle of the river. And some of these sandbars, the river's pretty wide. Some of these sandbars are, uh, uh, forested. And, uh, I had talked to a guy named, uh, Rick Knoll, who came over to my house and I showed him a bunch of my stuff. And he said that there was a theory of his and, and another major researcher that he, Rick Knoll did research out there for like 20 years. He told me that uh, they're convinced that they use these islands and sandbars in the middle of the river as nurseries for young, where the female can leave the younger ones in a safe spot and go and collect food and come back. So I said, Hey, let's go back across you know, the river, let's go down the main road, let's go further back in and let's uh, see if we can get down to these sandbars. So we, we went, we drove down three or four miles and we uh, uh, found this uh, like primitive dirt road that kind of heads off into the forest in the, on the right and kind of towards the river. And we drive back in there about a hundred, hundred yards and off to the left, there's this kind of a clearing a little bit, you know, maybe about uh, 30 yards by 40 yards. And there's this primitive campsite where an old fire ring and uh, there's a stack of cordwood that looks like it's been there for a long, long time. I said, hey, let's park here. And I said, uh, it looks like there's a trail that heads down towards the river. So we parked the truck, and we walked through the woods about 100 yards, and it winds through, and it drops us right down onto the river to these sandbars. And we had to uh, wade through about a foot deep of water out to one sandbar, and we get out there looking for tracks. And I found what I thought was a juvenile track. I, I sent you the – I think I sent you the, the track. It's got a uh, – my watch next to it. It's yeah. a pretty small track. It's maybe eight inches, seven, eight inches long. Yeah. I sent that to probably the leading authority on Prince, uh, and he got back to me Im- immediately, and he thought it was human. And uh, and I told him, I said, listen, I said, um, you know, there's no other prints out there. There's no bigger prints of shoes, boots, 
uh, bare feet. I said, this is obviously if it was a human, it, it was a child. I said, why would a child be out here alone uh, on these on these sandbars walking alone barefooted? I said, the track is maybe seven inches long, you know. And yeah. uh, my watch is laying next to it for, for, for a size reference. And uh, so then we walked back in uh, on that sandbar looking for more tracks. It looked like we found maybe some old tracks that were weathered that could have been there for weeks or a month, you know. And we walked across another, like, uh, stretch of water to an island in the middle of the uh, of the river. And uh, as soon as we come walking up on it, I think I sent it to you. It was like a stick kind of looking thing, like a Blair Witch thing where, like, sticks are crossed, like, in multiple, like a like a star. And they were, like, blocking yes, the yeah. like this. And I, and I saw immediately saw that, and I thought, man, what's up with that? You know, that's that's really strange. You know, they're all snapped off. They're all laid there in a pattern. And so we step out on this island, and on this island, it's heavily forested. We keep finding all these sticks shoved into the ground. You know, we found like six or seven of them out there. It was like they're snapped off from a different, from a tree or something. They're stripped of, of branches, and they're shoved into the ground, sometimes, you know, three, four, or five inches deep. And you, you pull them out of the ground, and you know they're broken on the end, and they're and they're shoved into the ground, and it's like, is this like a a marker of some sort? You know, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know. If we've ever found that's the first time we've ever found anything like that. You know, I mean, it was really really strange. They're so uh, yeah, yeah. So at this point, it was like five o'clock in the afternoon. My buddy had been up all night Friday night, and we've been up all day Saturday. We've been hiking, you know, for for miles and uh. I said, you know, I said, I'm beat, man. I said, it's easy. He goes, I, he goes, I'm beat, too. And I said, you know, I said, let's just go back to where the truck is. Let's just set up camp there. I said, I'm, I'm tired. I don't want to screw with this tonight, you know. So we go back to the truck, and we set our tents up. And we brought he brought a small little gas grill. We cooked some steaks and baked beans, and we had some potato salad, and we ate. And uh, both of us forgot to bring a chair. So after dinner, and we cleaned up, we're sitting in the truck with the windows down. And at that point, it's probably – you know, six forty-five, seven o'clock. It's still light out. Um, to our left, in the in in the forest, you know, maybe fifty yards in, we hear a whoop. You know, and then immediately behind us, you know, maybe a hundred yards away, to our the hot, behind us and to the right, we hear another whoop. And then immediately to our right, in the forest, maybe fifty yards away, we hear another whoop. And I look at my buddy and I go, "Do you hear all that?" And he goes, "Yeah." And I and I said, "We're being surrounded." I go, we've hit whoops from three different sides. And I said, I do not want to deal with this tonight, man. I said, I just, and he goes, well, he goes, maybe it's just coincidence. And I said, I don't think so. So like 830, you know, we're both in the truck nodding off, you know. And uh, I said, man, I'm just going to go to bed. So he goes, yeah. So he crawled in his tent. I crawled in mine. And I'm in my tent. And it's still light out. Not even three or four minutes. And a rock hits my tent. You know, I, I can see the I'm, – I'm sitting there with my head by the door and my feet. I'm in a small three-man tent. My feet at the other end, they're almost touching the other end. And I see this I – hear, I hear, you know, something hit the side of the tent, and I hear and I see the, the, the impression of something pushing in on the tent. And I told my buddy, I said, dude, they just threw a rock at my tent. And I said, I said we're in for something. And my buddy goes, I'm going to sleep, you know. And uh, he actually – I got to hand it to him. He's pretty brave. He left the uh, – I guess tents give people a false sense of security, you know. You're basically just in a plastic bag, you know, sealed up, you know. 
and uh, he left the rain fly off his tent, oh, yeah. so the top of yeah. it just was just was just screen, you know. And he could see. He goes, "I want to see the stars tonight," you know. So immediately he's snoring away, and I'm laying there, and I'm just thinking, "Man, this is just sucks." And then about ten thirty, I hear uh, just right near us this tree. I hear crack, crack, and then boom, this tree gets pushed over, and and, and I'm just like, man, <laughs> oh my god, you know, I, I I I'm trembling. I got I got two handguns in in my tent with me, and I, and I pull one out of out of the holster, and I have it next to me, and I'm just like, I I don't want to deal with this, man. I want to go to sleep, you know. So I ended up not maybe through the entire night, maybe sleeping, maybe 30 minutes, five minutes here, five minutes there. So it starts with this, uh, near the, near the tent, you could hear this thumping and, and I've heard, I went on a website and I went to this guy's site called, uh, Utah Sasquatch. And he had some of these sounds and he, it was on his, on his, uh, on his site. And, uh, it was the same sound and, and it was, it was thumping and it was, like mm-hmm. large feet being thumped on the ground, you know, thump, yeah. thump, you know, not, we're not walking, but like trying to intimidate us or something, you know, thump, 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 you know, I could hear it, you know, I'm just like, I was like, man, I'm I'm in my tent just trembling like, you know, a scared puppy. And uh, it was like the worst night I've ever had in my life. And so at some point I hear, uh, wa- I could hear like thumping noise, like footsteps, not not running, but fast walking footsteps, and they're coming directly for my tent, and they're getting louder. It's all thump 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 thump, and then it stops. And I hear right, you know, I'm sleeping right next to the truck, and there's maybe two feet, a foot and a half, two feet between my tent and the truck, and I could hear uh, something like uh, it wasn't a metallic sound, but it was as if you had fingernails and you put your hand on the truck. You know, it's real quiet out there. You could hear like a tapping. You know, like tap. You know, like something was touching the truck and it had long fingernails. You can hear it on the on the paint. You know, it's like tap. You know, and I hear it slowly walk past my tent. Then it you know walks you know through our tent up to my buddy's tent. And this went on the entire night. And they kept coming up. Your tent's made of nylon, and the bottom of your of the floor in your tent is like a waterproof tub, and it's made out of that uh, like tarp material. And like you buy a tarp to protect something. It's like plastic you know and you, and you grab it and it makes like a crinkly noise they kept yeah, coming right. up to the base of my base of my tent where my feet are and i kept hearing this crinkly noise and i could feel like the floor of my tent you know uh under me kind of move a little bit and i turned my headlamp on and i could see like these two like something uh on you know two two feet apart grabbing the bottom of my tent squeezing it and so i, I had my headlamp on and i thought they're going to stop you know but they didn't stop and i'm and i'm saying to them leave me alone please go away leave me alone and they wouldn't stop it just went on and on and on then they would run away and then you can hear them come back over to the tent and they did this all night to me and uh my buddy uh, called out to me in the middle in the middle of the night and he says uh he goes dude they're walking through the camp and i said dude i haven't slept all night i said you you slept through 99 percent of it i said I'm, I'm i haven't slept at all and it all ended finally around uh 4 30 and at five o'clock i said uh I said, I want to leave right now. I said, I, I want to leave. I said, I'm not even going to take my tent and my shit. I said, I just get in the truck. I want to leave. And so he he grabbed his tent up real quick and, and threw it in, in the truck. And uh, I left my tent there. I said, I, I don't fuck. I just want to leave. I got a tent. And I mean, yeah. I got in the truck and locked the door. And uh, so uh, 
I told, you know, he, he knew what was going on through the night. And I said, dude, you slept through 99% of it. And he goes, yeah. He goes, I was asleep. And he goes, I could feel this vibration of, of, of footsteps. And he goes, uh, he goes, I woke up and I had this sense of feeling that it was looking over me, looking in. And I said, why don't you should open your eyes and, and looked up. And he goes, no, he goes, I was, I was pretty scared. I said, I said, dude, they, they played with my tent the entire night. They're playing with the bottom of the tent, squeezing it. And I mentioned that to, uh, Dave who, you know, and he said that he had the same yeah. kind of thing where he had a, he had a tarp over his tent and they were playing with the tarp all night. And they said at one point they're grabbing the tarp so hard it almost collapsed his tent, you know? Yeah. I said, yeah, Mark, dude, I said, uh, yeah. Mark, did you ever think about getting out of your tent, you know, uh, and, and <laughs> seeing, you know, look, I mean, I know you're probably your Mark. on your chest. <laughs> oh, dude, man. I, I, man, I, <laughs> Come on, no, Mark. dude, I, no, I, get out I, of your I, tent. I, I, no, dude, I, I was in my tent whimpering like there, a puppy, man. But yeah. there is I mean, something I about, like, about being in your tent, and at least they're on the outside and you're on the inside. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> it's a false sense. Unless they drag you sense. off, I mean, yeah. Right. It's a false yeah. sense of security. It's a false it sense is, of security. Oh, it is, you know? yeah. You know? Yeah. And, I, and I did think that. I thought uh, immediately when I saw something grab the bottom of the tent and start squeezing it, and I turned my headlamp on, and it didn't stop. I, you know, I, I, I had, you know, one hand on uh, one of my guns, and I was literally reaching over for the zipper. And I thought, if they start dragging this thing off, I'm just gonna tumble out and start shooting, you know. And um, and at one point, when it was grabbing, you know, it did it the whole night. It would, it would, it would come over and do it for two or three minutes, and then you could hear the steps, you know, run away. Dump, 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 dump. And then a few minutes later, it'd come back over. Dump, 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 and great, do the same thing, grabbing the bottom of my tent. And I mean, are they fascinated with the sound of it, the feel of it? I mean, you know, what is it? You know, and I mean, they knew I was awake. I'd turn my headlamp on. I would be telling them, "Please leave me alone. Go away. Just go away. Leave me alone. Leave me alone." And uh, they wouldn't, man. They would not leave me alone. It went on the entire night, from you know, you know, eleven. You know, the, I heard. The, I remember looking at my watch when the when the tree was snapped and fell over. It was ten thirty-two, and uh, it, this went on till you know four thirty in the morning. You know. And it was just, you know, it stopped as soon as the sun, sun started coming up. And I just, I mean, the entire night, my buddy goes, he goes, uh, he goes, I woke up at one point, you were snoring. And I said, I don't think so. I said, uh, I said, I might have dozed off for five minutes here, 10 minutes there. But when I woke up, you never, you ever been dreaming and, and you're dreaming, you're falling and you like wake up, you know, and you're like jerking, you know, when you wake up like, oh, I'm falling. Yep. Every time I fell asleep, I, every time I fell asleep, I'd wake up and like, oh, what's going on? How long have I been asleep? You know, right. you know, it made, you know, I, I did. I'd hear the I'd hear the footsteps, dump 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 dump, you know, and it's just like, man, what is you know, leave me alone, you know, and I I really yeah. thought we were gonna have an uneventful night. Well then, you know, like I said, I left my tent out there, and I just I I immediately I grabbed my I had my backpack in there, uh, my two side arms, a headlamp, and I had of course I had my sleeping bag and a pillow. And I just grabbed, I put one sidearm in the backpack. I put my headlamp in there, and you know, my buddy. I said, "Hey, you know, five, I woke him up, you know, at five o'clock. I said, "Hey, Doug, get up." I go, "Are you out of your tent?" And he goes, "Yeah, I'm getting out now." I said, "Do you see anything?" And he goes, "No." And so I immediately got out of the tent. I said, "Unlock the truck." And I got in the truck, and I, and I had my backpack, my sidearm. I locked the door, and I said, "I, I want to leave right now." And he goes, "Let me grab my tent real quick." And uh, he goes, "You gonna get your stuff?" I said, "No, leave it here. I, I want to leave now." And so we did, and. Uh, you know, I was, you know, we're talking about it as we're leaving, and I said, dude, I said you don't, you don't know. I said you slept through most of it. I said, dude, this thing would not leave me alone. I said, you know, I realized at that point, eh, you know, they they could have killed us. You know, I mean, we're miles and miles and miles from anybody. You know, and they didn't. You know, um, yeah. 
so so then this last Sunday, uh, I took my wife out there and I said, I just want to drive out there and see if the tent is still there. And so, uh, and I told her what had happened, and she goes, you, you guys are crazy. You said, you know, first, you know, you didn't tell me about what happened, about being chased and shoved down, and then now you're, you know, you're telling me all this. I go, I just want to go out there and see if the tent's still there. And so I, we drove out there, and I drove back down that little road, and I get back there, and the, and the tent's still there, but it's been moved probably five or six feet, like somebody had, had dragged it, you know. And uh, like the wind could have blown it, but my, my sleeping bag and uh, uh, pillow were in there. The wind could have blown. It's not staked down to the ground. It's a pop-up tent, you know. And uh, I said, okay, the tent's still here. And I said, you know, I, I can come back and get it another time. I didn't want to get out of the truck. You know, I had my wife there. So we immediately left. And so uh, we pulled out. And, uh, well, before we had drove in there, I had put a camera on my dash. I pressed record, you know, looking to where I was driving in case something walked out in front of us. And I had loaded a firearm. And so when we left and we got, we drove a few miles back out onto the road, um, you know, and it's a primitive forest service road. I, I immediately pulled over and, uh, got, turned the camera off and I got out and I opened the door and I was standing there with the door open, unloading my firearm to put it away. And up on the hill above me, I hear, whoop, and I'm just like, oh my God, you know, I mean, what is going on here? I mean, you know, they're everywhere out here. So, I, you know, I, I, I went back home and, and I got on you know, Google Earth and, and looking at satellite of the area. And what I didn't realize is, is that, okay, that night we were on the opposite side of the river, further down. But if you start looking at Google Earth, if you were to draw a straight line from our campsite to where we've been having all this all their activity on the side of the river, it's directly on the other side of the river. <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's it's probably, you know, six or seven miles, but it's, you know, further down a road, across the bridge, and then up the other road. But if you look at it on Google Earth, they're directly from the other side of the river from one another, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah. did they see us out there uh, uh, walking the sandbars and, and crossing the river and, and looking around and then follow us back? Did they smell us? cooking the dinner and came to investigate were they already in the area and uh and saw us and and played with us all night you know what how did this all pan out you know did they you know when they when they if they saw us did they cross the river and come over to give us a hard time all night you know what you know or is this a different family group on the other side of the river you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah mark so it's really it's really strange here and if indeed and i'm playing devil's advocate of course, but if indeed you do have a Sasquatch in this area, it does sound like a family unit or a group of individuals in this area and that uh, you, you've really come across an area that it seems that they don't want to leave or they come through and it's an area of interest for them for whatever reason. Um, I do want to touch upon a few things here because we're, we're down to like our last 13 minutes of the show, but you know, one of the things you mentioned earlier that I found really, really interesting uh, was your description of the face uh, on your original encounter, which was the distance right. between the lip and the nose. Uh, right. That, to me, was very interesting. I mean, you described the face uh, and whatnot, but yeah. the distance between the lip and the nose, man, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, it's, you know, a human has like, you know, if you were to put your finger between your top lip and the bottom of your nose, it's like one finger distance. This is much further. You know, this is, 
you know, it wouldn't be two human fingers. It would probably be three fingers, but it'd probably be two fingers to them. You know, they probably got massive fingers. It, it was a massive distance. You know, it was really an odd-looking face. I mean, it, the lips were really thin and really wide on the face. And uh, like I said, the older one didn't have any hair on its face at all, as the younger ones. Uh, uh, but uh, um, um, but I have seen I have seen four faces in total. The initial sighting, the two when I got shoved down. But there was another time we were out there. There was one. Uh, peering over a, law, a, a rotted tree trunk at us from up on a hillside about 60 yards away. And the head kept bobbing up and down, looking at us, and then bobbing back down, then bobbing up and bobbing back down. And uh, so I've seen four faces, all of them pretty much the same exact kind of face structure, the way the face is set up. But the first one I said had brown skin. The the other three all had kind of a a grayish type skin, I guess you, you'd say not black, but a, a dark gray, our dark gray color and, and, and black hair, you know, where the first one was, was silver. And, um, yeah. we've never, we've never smelt a body odor. And, uh, I'll tell you something. Uh, I had, uh, I don't want to mention the organization, but they're a self-proclaimed experts in the field and they're a nationwide group. And I did fill out a report on their wetlands. <laughs> they're, 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 I did fill, I did fill out a report on their website. Okay. And uh, then an investigator called me and came over to talk to me. And after talking to me, and then he went out there to where I told him where it was, and he came back again and talked to me. I realized that the guy is a complete nut, Paul. He told me, he says, uh, I went out there where you, you know, you had the sighting, and I did some whoops and some tree knocks and a. Uh, I didn't get any replies, and I walked around, and I didn't see anything, and I drove all out through there, and there's nothing out there. And he goes, uh, did you smell them? And I said, no, I didn't smell anything. He goes, well, if you did, they're probably female because only the females bathe themselves. I said, oh, uh, really? I said, how do you know that? I go, I go, how do you know that? And he goes, well, the females take big chunks of cedar, and they get in the, in the, in the water, and they rub it on their, on their, on their fur. And I said, so where's the video of that? And he's like, well, I don't have any videos. How, how do you know that? And he goes, and he goes, it's probably gone. He goes, you know, squatches travel about 100 miles a day. And I said, oh, really? And he goes, the one you saw could be in Oregon by now. And I said, I said, I don't even want my report online. Just delete my report. Don't don't even do anything with it. I I, I thought these guys are these guys are crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, well, I will say this. I know the organization. I think a lot of our viewers are pretty smart <laughs> they, they know the organization there's plenty of uh plenty of good researchers in that organization in fact uh <laughs> my good friend and co-host here gunner monson was a part of that if we're talking about the same organization which i think we are but he was a part of that organization and he's fantastic there's always these nitwits and people that will claim absolutes without any facts and that sucks but yeah that's right um, that's crazy yeah yeah, crazy. You know, and, and you know, and those are the things you're going to encounter in this field, unfortunately. But having said that, the other thing I wanted to talk about was something that really stuck out to me. And I was talking to um, <laughs> a mutual friend here now, uh, Dave, uh, about the uh, snails on the maple leaf. I've never heard right. that before. Now, yeah. you had this this maple leaf and the snails on there. That to me was just like so dang interesting. Now, I mean, now, of course. And I, you would agree, I would assume, 
that you didn't see a Sasquatch put those snails on there and went out, but they were, it looked like a plate to you. I mean, just by viewing it, it looked yeah, like a meal. Yeah. 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 yeah on the other side of the tree, there was a, a large fallen tree right behind it that had been there for years and, and on top of the tree trunk, you know, the tree trunk, you know, is in, if, you know, diameter is probably four feet across on top of it was a big pile of pick mushrooms, probably, you know, over three, over three dozen of them. And right next to it is this large maple leaf. I, I think it's a maple leaf. It looks like the leaf on the Canadian flag, but mm-hmm. very, really large. And in the center of it is this handful, a pile of the of snails, like a plate. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, you know, a, a, an animal in the woods, as they find food, they eat it. You know, they don't gather it up and, and take it somewhere, you know. Right. I mean, this is, you know, it gathered this food up and, and, and set it out there. Maybe, you know, there had to be two of them out there that first day because we heard the crashing off to my left and then the crashing off and the brush off to my right where my buddy was. So there had to be two of them. You know, did we disturb them, you know, why they're uh, sitting why down they're for a romantic dinner? Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Part yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I mean, so, it also speaks to maybe the social, maybe they eat together, you know, other yeah. other primates eat together as well. So, yeah. And so, uh, you know, another thing that's really odd to us is uh, every time we go out there, well, we didn't do it this last Saturday because when we parked at that primitive campsite, we didn't really expect anything to happen because we thought we were miles and miles away from our original sighting. But in, in reality, we're just on the opposite side of the river. We didn't set any cameras up in the truck when we walked away. But um, what's really odd is when we do go out there and we do set cameras up and there's rock throwing at the truck, you know, they always stay just out of – the peripheral vision of the cam of the camera. You, you'll you'll see the rock from the left or the right come flying and, and hit the hood of the truck or the windshield or or the side of the truck. But they seem to always just stay right to either the right or left of the of the, the peripheral vision of the camera. It's as if they know, you know that that thing like has this eye on it, this eyeball on it, and it doesn't want to stay you know, in Mark, front of the eyeball. Mark, that's a very interesting comment, and the reason I find it interesting is because a good friend of mine and and uh, the basically the leader of the Olympic Project, <clears throat> Derek Randall's, <clears throat> one of his quotes that have always stuck, <clears throat> pardon me, in my mind, one of his quotes is that Sasquatch always seem to know just how far to stay back, whether you're just in a tent with no cameras or anything. They just know how, they seem to know how, just how far to stay back without... Stay any, out of sight. Uh, yeah. Yes, uh, just, yeah. just out of sight, but yet enough to... Um, let you know they're there. It's it's a weird right. weird thing, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, and and uh, 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 you know we've been out there and, and uh, set food on the on the on the tree that we, on the you know that we normally would. We can't even get to it now because of the, of the trees that are down. But the, and, and we've been out there and, and and been growled at within thirty feet, uh, but we can't figure out you know which tree is it behind, which mound of brush is it in, you know. And the growling is always this uh, light growl with a heavy R. It carries its R, you know, and you can hear the heavy breathing. And, and, and at one point, you know, my buddy, you know, I'm standing there. He's he's putting food on on the on the on the log, and I'm 20 feet facing the opposite direction, kind of providing uh, cover for him a little bit, you know, in case. And he comes walking over, and we both hear it, and it's like, where's that? I mean, this thing is obviously not intimidated. I mean, it's, you can hear it. It's within, you know, 30 feet of us probably, you know, and that 
you know, that one I don't think is intimidated at all. I mean, uh, that's probably the large one, you know, that, that we saw, you know, and, um, so we're going back out there tomorrow night, tomorrow, tomorrow in the, in the afternoon to that same primitive campsite and, uh, see if they come pay us a visit, you know, again, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So Mark, we're really winding down here, but uh, I have a lot more questions for you. Um, uh, I guess I, I really want to have you back on the show uh, really soon and down the road here because, um, I mean, okay. this is an ongoing area where you've had encounters, multiple encounters now. Um, I think you really got something going on in this area personally right. and really want to have you back on the show uh, down the road here, and I know you're actively researching this area now. I've got to ask you right. one – well, not even ask you one question. I'm, gonna, I'm going to um, – for, for the record – and this is not a personal thing. I hope you take no offense to it. But I think it's important because uh, there's been so many um, stories out there, some that have come to light recently where people have been hoaxing. Mark, for the record, uh, you know, and I, I, I'm not on board with this, but I'm going to ask you this question. <laughs> are you out to, it's fine. You won't. Go ahead. Yeah. Are you out to make um, a joke of the community or, or hoaxing or, you know, uh, you know, or are you being as honest as you can be? No, no, not at all. I'm not. I'm not hoaxing anybody. I'm being honest. Right. Um, I have a lot of. Uh, you know, I've sent you some clips, some frames of the video. I could easily take this stuff that I have and go on YouTube and start posting all these uh, exactly. videos on there claiming that you know all this stuff. But I don't want to even go on YouTube with my stuff. I've showed very few people. Exactly. Uh, what I have, and um, I sent you some frames. You're, you're free to uh, everything I sent you. If you want to put all that on your uh, your, your website or what, or what your Facebook, right? You know, maybe right. some of your listeners will be able to see the image we're talking about behind the tree with it there, and then with it gone, the prints that I sent you, uh, some of the other things. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean I'm not out. Uh, I don't want my last name out there. I don't. Uh, uh, you know, my, yeah. my first name is a common name. Nobody's going to figure out who I am. I don't want my last name out there. I don't want uh, – I'm not trying to, you know, write a book. I'm not trying to make a – you know, I'm just trying to figure out, you know, a pattern, uh, figure out a family structure, trying to friend them, trying to figure some something out. I, you know, I don't really know – I guess I want answers. I guess I want uh, – I want I want to figure yeah. out their patterns, and I think we're finally trying to we're starting starting to nail down through the activity we've had, you know, how far they're willing to go, where they at, you know, and uh, some of the things that have happened, like out there camping out there. I never expected them to yeah. even be in that, you know. I never expected that to happen. I, I thought we were just going to have a, I was going to be able to crash out and sleep all night. I was beat in a. And then when it happened, and then I looked at the 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 the, the video the the map, you know, Google Earth, and, and see it's right on the other side of the river. It's like on the opposite side. Right. It's like there's like there's like a pattern here, you know. I mean, it's really yeah. it's really strange. No, I'm not. No, no. And and you can put those, you know, the people if they if they see the those images I sent you of the prints and the and the one behind the tree and, and then with it gone, yeah. you can tell that's 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 not you know. You know, it kind of yeah. looks similar to me, like the patty. You know, kind of. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, Mark, we're we're going to end the show here. I want to thank you for joining us, and I thank you for uh, your candor. Um, I put that question out there because I want the audience to know um, your passion and your honesty because I I feel it. 
uh, and I've talked to you over length over the phone, and you, you've, um, in my opinion, had an encounter extraordinary, and it's ongoing. So please um, follow up with us. Uh, we'd love to have you back on here because this could have been a four-hour show easily. Uh, I know it could have been. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for joining us, Mark, and uh, good luck. Thanks, Mark. You bet. Okay. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks, oh. thanks for having me, and I'll uh, I'll get back with you next week. Uh, let you know what happened this weekend. So, yeah, have a safe Absolutely. and productive weekend. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All, All right. right. Thanks, Thank you, buddy. All right, bye. Pretty incredible stuff, Shane. Very oh, thanks. Nice.